think to start off, I want to talk about the fact that you watched uh, Magnolia last week. Oh yes, I think which I... is uh, it's my uh, second, oh. probably my second favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, and I've I've thought about this a lot. You know, my top Paul Thomas Anderson ranking mm-hmm. essentially. So. I'm very sure on that. It's my second favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So the fact that you watched it, I was pretty excited by that. If anyone watches it for the first time, I'm usually excited by that. Yeah, I'm actually I'm really glad you brought it up because uh, I watched it the other night because it's on Netflix now. I think it was just added this month. And for some reason now in January, since there's not as much coming out and I've seen most 2019 movies that I've been wanting to see there's a couple i've still haven't gotten to yet but uh i've been wanting to watch like all the paul thomas anderson movies i haven't seen yet which would be magnolia and inherent vice i think um but i sat down and watched magnolia the other night and i'd seen bits and pieces of it just randomly when it's been on Uh tv or something but it's one of those movies you definitely need to sit down from start to finish and watch the whole thing and it was yeah. so good. I loved it so much. And funny enough, my wife and I went to podcast taping for Dumb People Town um, on Friday, which is a comedy podcast with the Sklar Brothers. And they always have like a musical guest at their live shows. And this one was Amy Mann, Aha. who did a lot of the music for Magnolia. Yeah. So it was crazy. Did all of the music. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Yeah. That like blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, I literally just watched Magnolia didn't plan this at all um yeah. so it was really cool and she i mean she was awesome at the that's show that's too. yeah that's really cool yeah. yeah that's a movie that got me just really into amy man uh mm-hmm. i listen to that soundtrack all the time yeah it's so good it's like yeah it's heart-wrenching when they're when the yeah characters it's, are it's great alone songs. music and mm-hmm. oh yeah it, the it's not going to stop sequence yeah that's yeah. such a classic movie sequence like even if you haven't even if you haven't seen it before it's just like oh man this is special like yeah. for the first time yeah yeah magnolia really uh yeah it uh it hit me gar- hit me good and hit me hard yeah it's but- quite an emotional <laughs> explosion of a movie i usually have yeah. to watch it like once a year ever since i saw it for the first time it's just like something i gotta put on mm-hmm. yeah it, it was so good and i think amy man won uh an oscar for that too right really i think so maybe yeah so then i was yeah i was there watching and like watching this podcast and she was 20 feet away from me i was like oh my god that's crazy i just i just watched you had just watched the movie yeah yeah two days before yeah and then they even they talked about magnolia a bit uh on stage but uh yeah it was yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i had a, a, a interesting story about that and now i'm yeah, that got me. Now you're in on it. You've seen Magnolia. Seen Magnolia. I'm so glad. And <laughs> now I'm like, it. okay, Inherent Vice. That's the next thing. Like that's all. All I'm thinking about. <laughs> Inherent now is like, Vice is incredibly, Vice. incredibly different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Magnolia I, is like a three-hour, like really just hard to get through thing, though. So anybody who watches it, I give them credit for doing it, and also just uh, being able to withstand the emotional. Uh, all the just the emotional complexity and then just also be able to relate and enjoy to it, enjoy it a lot yeah i can see it just being a turnoff for a lot of people definitely yeah 
there's just uh, scenes where like it's repeatedly each character's breaking down in it. You know, mm-hmm. just l- their entire life is just going before them. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just like, whew. Yeah, it's uh, I was there's parts of me because I, I started watching it later at night, and there's parts of me that was like, all right, should I go to bed and just finish this tomorrow? I probably should. It's getting late, and then I was just totally invested in it, and I, yeah, I was like, screw that. I'm going to bed late. I have to finish the rest of it. Um, yeah, because I feel like it's uh, with any movie, really. It just means so much more if you watch it all the way through. And exactly. Yeah. I definitely do it occasionally. I start a movie too late and have to finish it the next day. But right. uh, I hate doing that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Magnolia was great. I, I, that's a that's a must watch for any movie fan. It's on Netflix now. So. Oh, that's why you watched yeah. it. Oh yeah, Very easily nice. accessible now. Just added to Netflix, so nice. Yeah, there's yep. gonna be a lot of a lot of people tearing up on the Netflix. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got. I love. I just love John C. Riley and Tom Cruise. Is probably they're probably my favorite in the movie. I was yeah. I was also gonna say John C. Yeah. Riley is probably my, his. Uh, any scene that he was in were were my favorite parts of the movie for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so fun. He's so him and Tom Cruise are both like equally funny and just like heart wrenching <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, and I almost I feel like that whole there's that video of Tom Cruise at the Scientology like whatever he's doing that huge like passionate speech. Oh, and yeah, I almost yeah. think that he just did all that to get ready for Magnolia. <laughs> <laughs> He's just preparing that, for a was role. Was that prior to Magnolia? Was it might have been after. Magnolia? Maybe, I, think, like, yeah. I think that was like early 2000s probably, but maybe it made him, oh, maybe I did the Magnolia, opposite. so now I could do the yeah. Scientology thing. Yeah. Maybe his role in Magnolia pre- er, prepared him for his role in Scientology. Yeah, there's just IRL, so many yeah. qu- uh, quotable lines in that in that cruise um <laughs> talk show <laughs> like i just die every time it begins with like the 2001 score and then he's just like respect the <laughs> cock <laughs> and and then he just goes tame the cunt and just like in those oh, yeah, so two, in that one moment you just like uh, immediately are introduced to so many like issues mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just so great yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous and he's the perfect choice for that yeah yeah the, the cast is so great yeah him and john c riley definitely they stole the stole the show he, he knocks the table over and he's like fuck and he's like <laughs> how to be a kind and caring person yeah. <laughs> uh yes now i'm wanting to watch that over three hour movie again right now yeah uh, yeah and, and john and john c riley's like you like to you like to listen to your music loud. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, you like to listen to your music loud, yeah. yeah. But you know you're gonna damage your ears. <laughs> but that's okay. I like to rock out now and every <laughs> now and then. Yeah, he's just this kind of like endearing, like pathetic policeman. Yeah, but yeah. And I'm just naming like two of the many great performances. Oh yeah, yeah, unforgettable. Like, have you ever seen the show Billy on the Street? Uh. uh uh, a, is that where he interviews all the celebrities or just does something funny with the celebrities? Yeah, he takes like celebrities and goes on. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. I think it started on True TV, but he just goes on the streets and he's just like Billy Eichner. He's ridiculous and crazy. And uh, I think it's super funny, but he does one with Julianne Moore where they uh-huh. they go around New York City and Julianne Moore just reads lines from movies she's done. And yeah. in the middle of New York City, all in front of all these people, she does the um, that whole monologue um 
Where yeah. she's like, you fucking asked me my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's amazing. Shame on you. She like even starts like tearing up. And it's like this crazy, yeah. just in front of all these people. And, and she's like, she's like dropping the F-bomb. And people are like, oh, my God. And it's, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, e- yeah I recommend the most, it. Easily the most uh, fucked up character in the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. She owns it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. That's uh, that's January when there's not much coming out in the theaters. Got to catch all those great movies that you haven't seen yet. And uh, didn't you watch um, that other movie? I also watched Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Maybe, which I yeah. also loved. Yeah. yeah. That was a, That's a good one. I watched that like I've seen that once like last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, it was like I've heard, I've seen so many references to the movie. Yep. Um, I'm walking here. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just the music and uh, Dustin Hoffman's performance felt like I'd seen it before. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was the last half hour that really got me to where I was like, whoa, this movie's so yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the ending too. That's, it's another super sad one. Um, both of those I'd been wanting to see for a long time. Yeah, uh, the ending of the guy Cowboys uh tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both both great movies though. So I'm hoping hoping January, February I keep keep my streak going with watching some uh some movies I haven't seen yet. Some and that'll like them movies. just as much. Yep. Yeah. I myself I watched uh, a George Lucas film last night. Oh uh, I watched THX eleven thirty eight. Something oh I've been yeah! Looking to see for a little bit. It's on the. It's on Criterion under Criterion, like that's this I big okay. sci-fi section. So I thought I'd check it out, and it's it's very interesting. It's not like most George Lucas movies. <laughs> it's kind of a a horror sci-fi really? mood piece with a lot of philosophical stuff, and so I in ways I could see if someone doesn't like it, but I I, I personally just kind of liked. It. I thought it was mm-hmm. just interesting and had really just really good mood like an interesting mood that was kind of scary and trippy and the sound effects were very george lucas you know like sci-fi sound effects Mm -hmm. so it kind of brought this i don't know this kind of music to it and rhythm was Uh, this after or before star wars i think it's prior i think it is interesting i don't think he would make something like this after making star wars <laughs> but it's got robert duvall and uh donald pleasance and uh i think oh, at the time at the time it was really uh huge and uh polarizing as well yeah i remember seeing the on criterion the uh sci-fi 70s sci-fi mm-hmm. uh collection i've been wanting to check that out um nice like logan's run is on there too i think yeah, I yeah that's that when i yet. saw it's when I saw when I was very young. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, my dad showed me that. Nice. Yeah. There's. Uh, I actually pa- I had to pause my Criterion Collection streaming service for December and January. Ah, uh, for but some now, uh, for some money, sir. Money just purposes. money wise, yeah. yeah you yeah, know yeah. the holidays. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back. I'm going over mine right now, <laughs> thinking yeah. about what do I have too much going on? Should I get rid of something? Exactly. Yeah. Because at one point I got Shutter for one month just mm-hmm. to try it out and i was like okay there's no way i can keep all of these along with shutter yeah because it adds uh, up <laughs> yeah. it adds up but criterion is one i the other day i just went through it and i was like looking through all the movies that are on there right now all the collections and i thought okay this for sure is one i need to hop back on <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> dude i'm getting lost on there right now uh, i have too yeah. much too much i want to watch 
Yeah, there's so much. Um, I don't know. I've I've seen like um my my sister's list or like other people in my family's list on streaming services, and they have like no watch list started. They just go to it and then they just pick something to watch. They're I just have, random. Uh, yeah, exactly. they just yeah, have right. no agenda. They're what's anarchists. your agenda? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, so and I just I have to this thing. I have to form like a huge long list yeah. of like a hundred things, uh-huh. and then yep. it just yeah. So I have a list that I until started until exactly it's overwhelming. When it came out. You don't know where to go, yeah. and then you just you start spinning around, and then you just are like, all right, I'll watch it this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I have so much on Criterion that I added right after i got it oh that I yeah haven't gotten uh, to yet. we should uh we should ex- if we could exchange our lists somehow to see how big they are i think that'd be really funny because mine is just absurd yeah. i'm never gonna watch all of them sometimes I, have... I go through and i'm like okay i'll, pro- I'll probably not watch that one I'll probably sometimes i'll like one. take one off just so i can yeah. like ease the load yeah. uh, <laughs> I-, I also have a 350 video youtube list Oh my you know, like god! Watch, yeah. watch later. Yeah, that's yeah. how bad I am with it. It's just absurd. YouTube is is tough for me too. Yeah, I can. My Netflix is filled with just so many bad movies on the list, just because I thought, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that. That'd be put, <laughs> might help. That might help me out to see that. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many movies that are just no. There's no reason to watch. There's no purpose. Exactly. It's just all I want to watch everything there is. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. so true. God, I see one thing. I see like the little Netflix clip of it that they show, and I see the premise. I'm like, oh. I might like that some yeah. random time when I have nothing going on. And yeah. then when it gets down to it, I never watch it. Yeah. Or if it's just another really stupid 2000s comedy, mm. which is what I do. I add tons of those. Yeah. And I'm, I've seen so many comedies from the 2000s that <laughs> at this point, I don't know, none of them are really worth watching the ones I haven't seen. <laughs> so, but I still yeah. add them just so I can see them and be like, oh, so this is when he worked with him. You know, <laughs> Paul Rudd worked with Steve Carell in this yeah. one, you know. And just, yeah. Dinner for Schmucks. I caught yeah. that reference, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one where I was like, <laughs> why the fuck did I watch this? That is, uh, that is not a good movie, but we – I watched that with my roommates in college – and for some reason, yeah. we quoted that to each other constantly. It, um, so it's it br- like a, it brought you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. I can see it. Uh, you know, bringing people something. Yeah, but then, <laughs> like but then, that. there's definitely a bunch of other comedies just like it that I'm like, oh god, like. The main this reason is I wanted good. to see it is because <laughs> in high school I really wanted to see it. Oh you know, yeah, and, and I never, never saw because <laughs> it looked like the goofiest thing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect for high school. I probably would have loved it in high school because yeah. it's just Steve Carell being a total idiot, and I did not have. You could. It was really easy to make me laugh in high school, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I watched Dinner for Schmucks a random night like two weeks ago, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> <What laughs> should have watched it in high school." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Far yeah. too late. It's like if I saw the Bench Warmers now, I'd be oh, disgusted. God, yeah. I'd I'd be disgusted. But at the time, the Bench Warmers was the greatest thing. Yeah, totally. That is that is very true. There's a lot of comedies from when we were younger that if I watched for the first time right now, I wouldn't care for it at all. I, I'm pretty they, sure on um, Letterboxd, I have both Ace Ventura movies have five stars for me. <laughs> <laughs> if I watched them for the first time today, you know, it'd be very. Jake and I that. were talking the other day, and I think we were uh, we were talking about Todd Phillips or Bradley Cooper, mm. or one of the two. 
and we were like, I wonder what this person thinks of the line paging Dr. Faggot (laughs) (laughs) from The Hangover. Yeah, they're both so serious now, yeah. I, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember what in high school that I forget. I, I was probably watching that with some group of people, and that line killed. Oh and yeah, it would not killed. It would not kill today. <laughs> Hangover is one of those movies, yeah, from the past ten years that so quotable with and just pop culture. It was just so outrageous at the yeah. time, but now it now it's like kind of broy. Yeah, it's kind of douchey. It's kind of douchey at times, even though it is a fairly uh good comedy yeah it is yeah it is a real it is a good movie it's just it is kind of (laughs) douchey yes there's always that comedy that like with will ferrell or adam sandler that's so funny when it comes out and it's still always funny but then it gets to this level where it, it turns to be douchey because of the people who just like beat the references into the ground over and over um but yeah, yeah I, the Hangover was it was one of those that like pop culture completely changed pop culture uh, at the time, which doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, it's uh, historically the biggest comedy, yeah, uh, box office wise. Yeah, and now Todd Phillips says he's not doing any more comedies. Did you hear <laughs> that? He said he's not doing any more comedies because the PC culture now. So he's like scared. Well, yeah, to, because he doesn't know how to make. He doesn't know <laughs> how to do comedy unless it's like paging Doctor Faggot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now he's doing movies like Joker. Let's that call really Ed Hel- Let's call Ed Helms a faggot. Like yeah. in the first seconds of his character. <laughs> yeah, immediately no when reason, you meet his character, yeah. For no reason at all, let's just do it. Mm. It'll, Bradley Cooper does is doing it. And he's, he's good looking, so it'll be really <laughs> yeah. funny. <laughs> Spoken by Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, wow. whew, so <laughs> we should get to a, the list. With all of that, the this episode is about, uh, I guess, twenty nineteen movies. <laughs> yeah, our uh, twenty. Yeah, we have um, twenty through eleven. 20 through 11, yeah. And I must say that I am really looking forward to these, uh, these to talking about these. Me because too. Because my 20 through 11 is pretty, pretty solid. Uh, I think that the past 10 uh, was a little more, you know, kind of like in between or, or at the mm-hmm. most like that. It was good, you know? Yes. 30 John, through 21. It I was liked. good. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Good. I, I liked these. I'm starting to really like, and then love, like yeah. really love. And, um, yeah. And they're not even, some of them are most, they're all not even in the top 10. So it's saying a lot. And yeah. I will be even more excited about the top 10. I would say I I almost love all of these movies in my 20 through 11, which is... I would as well. Which is crazy. But definitely, yeah, 30 30 to 21, I liked. They were good movies. Now now we're really talking. These are... Now we're talking. The bell of the ball, yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. All right, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll go with with my number 20. 20. I think this one is on your list, too. I assume it will be, but... uh, it might be on on your twenty through eleven list too, um, but I'm going with Paddleton. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that again. <laughs> Figured so. Yeah, Paddleton. Yeah. Um, who directed Paddleton? Do you remember off the top? Oh, of your uh, head? no, I don't. Uh, uh, Alexander Lehman. 
Yes. So I've right. also seen I've seen another one of his films. Um, it's a film also with Mark Duplass called Blue Jay. Blue Jay, which I loved. Uh, cool. I'm, I so yeah, I, I'm definitely an Alexandra Lehman fan. Cool. This is the first of his films that I've seen. Um, but uh, definitely enjoy Ray Romano and Mark Duplass, and thought they were great in this. I. I think the first like serious role I'd seen Ray Romano in was the big sick. Maybe that's the first one he'd done. I yeah. Don't know. Maybe I yeah. missed something, um, which thought he was great in great movie, the big sick. Um, and then this year he's been in Paddleton and the Irishman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where he both, he shows off, uh, I guess an emotional side, but also there's still always that sort of Ray Romano humor um, to it yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but this was a really heartbreaking one. Very, very much a, a great um, sort of comedy drama about two friends and just going through a super dark period in uh, in one's life. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought Mark Duplass and Ray Romano were great because it needs those comedy moments uh, in it that they do so well. But then they're also able to tap into uh, just really dark place, um, but mm-hmm. also real. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I think anyone can uh, can relate to it in just the sense of family, friends or family going through uh, whether it's health issues or any sort of personal issues too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, one that was really sad that I I didn't want to watch again because it <laughs> it made me sad, but uh, it was still really charming at its heart too with um, with the dynamic between those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been so long since I've seen it. I can't remember too many. Like, yeah, it was the first movie it, of the year I watched. Yeah, it's mostly came on yeah. Netflix January, yeah. February. Um, it's very early in the year, but uh, yeah, I really loved Paddleton. That's so that's my uh, number twenty. Yeah, I'll just say a couple things, I guess. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, <laughs> I I just really yeah, I thought this movie was just very. It felt very real. There the. The whole dynamic between these two guys felt very real. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the idea of them hanging out all day, like eating like chips and watching kung fu movies and <laughs> obs- being obsessed with playing paddle ball and just I don't know their friendship felt very real and the characters felt just very authentic, like two guys you'd see mm-hmm. on the street. So I I connected with it a lot because of that. Especially Ray Romano, like he didn't feel like Ray Romano. He felt like a guy you'd see on the street like playing mm. paddle ball <laughs> yes yeah yeah i forgot the whole reason it's called paddleton is because of the game they sort of play together that they yeah. kind of make up in a way um but yeah it's i don't know it's it's really it's heart-wrenching like, to see it's just like bond super and... op- honest that like this is the only guy he has as well it's just yep. i don't know I, there's a really i have a real soft spot for that yeah right they they don't have this huge hole support system behind them it's that's it's what yeah, just it's them, what makes yeah. it yeah it's what makes it different and they're just kind of male friends mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah it's not a special relationship so it's very different from any from the cancer the rest of the cancer genre yes <laughs> the cancer <laughs> genre yeah. i won't say more because i'm going to talk about it again yeah. but it, I, it is i guess a good point to say that it's male friends because uh being a male and having uh, a male friend go through like some like tough point in their life is i don't know it maybe it's stereotypical but it's tough 
because for the most part, at least me and my friends, guys, we don't talk about like the super emotional stuff that goes on in our life too much. Um, and you could tell it's it's hard for them to go through that. Uh, it's just two platonic friends, but uh, yeah. Ultimately, uh, I'm getting sad just talking about it, but yeah, Paddleton is a great one if you haven't seen it yet. On mm-hmm. um, it's on Netflix, so definitely check it out. All right, that's your number twenty. My number twenty now you're is number 20. Um, a movie called Villains, um, by directors Robert Olson and Dan Burke. It stars Bill Skarsgård, Micah Monroe, uh, and Kyra Sedgwick and Jeffrey Donovan. Um, I'll go through the. I'll read the synopsis of this one. Cool. For those who haven't seen it, um, um, when their car breaks down, a couple on the run headed southbound for a fresh start in the Sunshine State break into a nearby house looking for a new set of wheels. What they find instead is a dark secret and a sweet as pie pair of homeowners who will do anything to keep it it from getting out. Um, so this is essentially like, like a couple, like kind of a, starts off as a young, badass, like kind of a couple on the run, except it's kind of played off, uh, uh, comedically and, um, like they kind of frame the couple as like kind of stupid and young and it's like this, the whole movie has a just really kind of fucked up sense of humor, which I, I really liked. Um, and so they appear on this house and, there and then they end up they they start like looking for things a car to get away after they rob this bank and they meet this family and the family ends up being really fucked up (laughs) more fucked up way more fucked up than they are and they end up getting stuck there and kind of get into this like thriller match if you kind of you if you kind of know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they kind of get they kind of get uh what's the word um yeah just like kidnapped there just kept there (laughs) against their (laughs) will yeah (laughs) i know there's like a better word for it but and uh yeah it just kind of and it just kind of turns into this kind of funny enjoyable thriller um that is also very violent and um is but it's very well acted by everybody there's a lot of character acting going on here um, which and so it just makes it very memorable and enjoyable and uh, just funny throughout. And I think that's one of the reasons why I made my list is just how well acted and uh, at, from a comedic side it is. Uh, just kind of playing all this fucked up stuff again with you know with the comedy. Nice. I haven't heard of this one, but I like yeah. the I like the sound of it for sure. Yeah, like uh, for instance, like Micah Monroe was the friend in Greta, for instance, and so she oh, plays the okay. the girlfriend role in this, and so her and her her <laughs> and her boyfriend her and her boyfriend have a really funny dynamic, uh, like they're always like they're always like they're always doing Bonnie and Clyde type shit. They're like making out and they're like, we're going to get out of this baby. We're going to get all that money. Go. <laughs> we're going to Florida. But they like more shitty things keep happening. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Nice. I, uh, I'm just looking at the poster now and that looks awesome. That looks amazing. I definitely want to check this out. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. He's, uh, isn't he Pennywise? Yes. Yes, yes he is. And oh yeah, and Jeffrey Donovan, he's in uh man, I can never remember his name, but he's in um 
uh sicario he's in uh fargo season two yeah which he's great in fargo season two yeah oh awesome yeah he's villains. one he's part of that family in yeah uh Dodd, fargo season two. all right well, all right yeah you pointed that out to me uh yeah he's great in this movie like awesome. he, he really funny okay cool like, I'm he's always kind of laying out. down the terms for them he's like all right this is how it's gonna be you're you're gonna please my wife (laughs) he's like you don't want to eat dinner (laughs) just like it's yeah it's it's pretty good so yeah villains sweet that sounds awesome i'm gonna check that out yeah it's a fun it's a fun ride all right then uh guess on to my 19 then which uh, is another fun ride one we talked about last episode um and really there isn't too much more to say but uh it's john wick three Yes. Yes, Parabellum. The Wick is back. The Wick is back, yes. And I'm definitely, um, I guess, reiterating what uh, we talked about in the last episode. Just It's just nonstop action, beginning to end. So great. I love all the, the different scenes where uh, the knife scene, the horse scene. Yes. The, there's, just, there's all sorts of all these scenes and set pieces in it that are uh, so enjoyable. And so, it, yeah, it's like a, a dance. Everything's very well choreographed and, mm-hmm. uh, and set up. And even I, I've watched like the behind the scenes of the scene with him and Halle, with Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry and the dogs. I believe I have too. Yeah. In Morocco. Um, yeah. It's, um, well, it's directed by the stuntman from, the matrix so you know that's going to be a big part of it so um yeah and if you've seen john wick movies um obviously you've probably seen john wick 3 but um one of the the best action movies uh of the last decade and i'm excited to see whatever else they do next looks great Uh love the characters it's it's ridiculous and bonkers at times but it always it always pays off and it always works right uh yeah it definitely i'm fine with franchises like going this long if they're worth it totally yeah if it starts getting just over the top and just uh just uncreative i guess uh Mm -hmm. or like they're trying to do too much then maybe it'll i can see it becoming um just annoying but um right now i'm still i'm still into it i did rewatch it which I mentioned last time, and it was, it was almost like, oh my god, like, <laughs> wow, this is, yeah, this is nonstop. Like I can't yeah. even, uh, yeah, I can't even take in what just happened. Um, but it's uh, a lot of the action too, where it's really gruesome. It's funny too, so it's, <laughs> yeah, gr- it's great theater. It's movies. funny because it's yeah. just jaw, it's jarring, and yeah, it's just mouth open action yeah. always. He's almost like a superhero. Some th- some things he does too. It's like mm-hmm. no person can physically do uh, what he does, but he's John Wick. So yeah, and uh, and he's yeah. literally doing it because yeah, no, it's all practical effects. Yeah, true. Yeah, with Mister Wick. Uh, yeah. So that I mean, that's John Wick. John 19. Wick. Yeah. If you want to hear more about it, listen to our last episode again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my number nineteen is. Steven Soderbergh's High Flying Bird. Ah, yes. Yeah, this is one, uh, another one I saw at the very beginning of last year. It was a Netflix film. Netflix, yeah. It feels forever ago. Again, yeah. <laughs> just like, uh, what were we talking about before? Paddleton. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was like this, then Paddleton. 
both both of these were in my top 10 at one point during the year <laughs> before like every movie came out in right. uh, November. Yeah. Yeah. This is one I just really liked. I thought it was shot very well by Soderbergh's uh his iPhone strategy, whatever it is he's doing. Uh, On his iPhone 10. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's shooting these films like Unsane and High Flying Bird with an iPhone. And it just, he has such a distinct look to all his Mm -hmm. movies. Um, And and the movies are so, um, like not Hollywood big, but big for being like oh yeah we're shooting this on an iphone it's yeah. like pretty big yeah film still big and, time yeah and, and while unsane was a little more about like that space you know shooting in that space high flying bird has has like street shots of new york mm-hmm. that are just really beautiful and just there's really nothing i've never i've never seen anything that looks quite like it um and so yeah, it's just it's just really impressive that he's able to shoot uh, um, so magnificently with an iPhone. I'm sh- mm-hmm. I'm sure he's paying for some like camera plugins or, <laughs> or something, <Yeah. laughs> so or just like some attachments of some sort. But yeah, it, it looks uh, this movie looks great just to start it off, just to get that whole iPhone thing out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I just I love the subject matter. I'm a huge uh, NBA fan to this day, mm-hmm. and. Um, Anything that's like, you know, trying to shed light on something that's uh, pro players, I I would say I'm pro player. I think it makes sense to me why mm. <laughs> the players should be getting a lot more power because like that's why I watch the games and they stuff. They bring and, in the money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bringing the money. So the whole anti owner, um, the whole anti owner uh, mentality of the movie, as well as kind of educating audiences on. Uh, the difficulties of adjusting to the NBA and the complications of it, um, as well as Kyle McLaughlin as the evil, like, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know what he's supposed to be like. A, uh, I forget if he's an executive or just like with the NBA or if he's an owner or like a David Stern type, but whatever. I, I just really like that. Some casting. higher up executive. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's like a great scene in the sauna where McLaughlin's <laughs> kind of telling him how it is. Um, yeah. just really thought this was a very smart movie. Um, and I would totally watch it again. I just thought it, mm-hmm. I, it's a great script. Um, and it's Soderbergh, like everything he does just shoots the shit out of it. I love it. Yeah. It feels like a really smart movie, but it, yeah, it's about basketball about the, the NBA, NBA. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, and yeah, I, it's another thing too is like NBA out of I feel like any other major sports league in the U.S. That NBA the players matter more than anything because it's like LeBron is selling tickets and selling shoes. Steph Curry's selling tickets, selling shoes. Yeah. Like, or it's like baseball. There's like there's kind of a, a bunch of different players. Football. There's, there's kind a bunch of, of a movie players. star. Um, yeah. Like totally. aspect to the players in the NBA where superstars, it's like yeah, their their value, yeah, their value means so much. I mean, like, yeah, like Zion Williamson comes out next Wednesday, and like the hype is just so, there's so much hype around it. Yeah, so yeah, I like I like agree with all of it. I'm like I get mm-hmm. why we care about this guy because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna be <laughs> yeah. something. He's gonna be something special. Yeah, totally. And uh, 
Soderbergh does like 10 movies a year now it seems like yeah uh, he shoots more than anybody um apparently he he has a very simple like car and house and he reinvests all the money he makes into more movies yeah he's an animal wow shoots more than anybody yeah I've I've said in the past to uh (laughs) peers of mine that he's the Howard Hawks of our generation oh wow that's a bold statement yeah 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 well, he is I, awesome I, though yeah. i see i see it in just the amount of movies and the um the versatility uh yeah i i think nobody matches soderbergh on that level yeah he's in, crazy from, when, from our generation wise mm-hmm. just yeah the amount of quality things he does i guess year after year and it's clear that that like no matter if he was getting paid at all it seems like filmmaking is something that he would do yeah he's like obsessed with it clearly uh, yeah. but he, yeah he it's very awesome. much takes so much uh he takes so much uh inspiration from like classic hollywood they very much feel influenced by just classic hollywood movies mm-hmm. like just like that that ocean's 11 all that all that yep. stuff um yeah yeah awesome uh okay that was your 19 yes we're losing track okay okay then my 18 which i know for a fact that we'll be talking about later and that you have a lot to say about um and if i rewatched it 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 probably would be higher up on my list but it's also been a while and now i'm gonna stop introducing it and just say it it's beach bum or the beach bum Harmony Corinne. Or The Beach Bum. <laughs> you know, I forget I, which I one. Actually the Beach Bum. I am going to watch that later after we finish this. Really? Well, I, I know we I'm go. going to. It's <laughs> on my uh, TV stand right now. This way. If you, it, must, if you must know. Wait, do you have like a, like a physical copy of it now? Or is it well, Jake, Hulu? Well, Jake, Jake has a Blu ray. Because it's on Hulu now. So for anyone listening yeah. who hasn't seen The Beach Bum yet, it's and you have Hulu. Or you want a free trial? It's on there now. I've um, watched it three yeah. times in total already. But I thought <laughs> oh my god! Tonight, tonight felt like a night. Tonight felt like the fourth. All right, yeah. yeah. Harmony Corinne, we've talked about a lot recently in the podcast with our yeah. decades list for Spring Breakers. Um, and this is his latest flick with uh, Matthew McConaughey as the beach bum or Moon Dog. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'll read the uh, I'll read the plot for the Beach Bum for anyone out there who hasn't heard. Yeah, I mean, it won't take it won't take it. very long. <laughs> <laughs> An irreverent comedy about the misadventures of Moon Dog, a rebellious stoner and lovable rogue who lives large. Uh, yeah, and no better person to play Moon Dog than Matthew McConaughey. Um, yeah. absolutely. And to re, I mean, the cast, the rest of the cast too: Matthew McConaughey, Isla Fisher, Snoop Dogg. Uh, Martin Lawrence. Oh my God, I forgot he was in it. Zac Efron, Jonah Hill, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's such a such a fun and interesting movie that seemingly isn't about too much at all on its surface, but yet it's so. Uh, there's something about watching Matthew McConaughey as Moon Dog, uh, and just sort of uh yeah i guess his misadventures how it says in the plot um that it's so like captivating uh and hilarious yeah. too yeah 
it's you really I cannot see anyone besides Matthew McConaughey in this character. Uh, but I probably wouldn't. I don't know if I would have seen it right away if it weren't for, um, you know, you talking about it a lot uh, and being excited to see it for 2019. But um, such a, a great movie, not for everyone. Just like I would imagine, Harmony Korine probably isn't for everyone. But uh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> but this is his. I would say it's his most accessible movie by far. Definitely. Like yeah, easily, definitely his most accessible. Easily. Yeah. Um, cause there, yeah, there's people that don't like spring breakers get, for get, whatever reason. It gets reason, so but. much weirder and so much more polarizing, uh, that, yeah, I'd say this is the most like mainstream thing he's done by far that can appeal to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it still didn't make that much money. Um, and I think it's cause it was, prom- I think it was cause vice distributed it and vice is not like really uh, a movie. It's a Vice film. Yeah, that's weird. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know they um, they did that. Yeah, right. I don't even. Besides, think like their documentaries or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think they're really involved with um, actually like, like filmmaking, like uh, like traditional narrative filmmaking fiction at all. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just that Vice is very into Harmony Corinne. And yeah. <laughs> I think a, a Harmony Corinne Stoner movie is something that Vice was like. We have to make that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're we're Vice. Uh, Interesting. But I still, yeah. I still, I so many more people saw it in um, this than any other Corinne movie, and probably, I mean, except for Spring Breakers, a lot of people saw that. But the mm-hmm. difference is, I think a, a lot of people were very angered by spring breakers when i don't think it was the case for this really i think yeah uh, at the worst they're like that was funny <laughs> you know yeah right yeah yeah i don't i don't see how you can be you can be mad at uh, at the beach I, I don't see how you can be mad at spring breakers either unless it was something you weren't expecting i don't know but uh yeah beach was a super fun movie uh i definitely would watch again uh yeah and i'm excited to I know we'll talk about it more when it gets to uh, when it gets to yeah. you. So I'm excited. I'm gonna to talk, about talk about it like about a it. shit. I'm gonna talk about a shit to. Because <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. it's one of those movies that you really really like. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, hear more on what you. I think will about say that well. it's probably for me just the most uh, one of the most rewatchable of 2019, which is mm. really for me, which is really saying something because there are so many that I just want to like watch all the fucking time 2018 was great last week um we watched once upon a time in hollywood again and we were the when the weekend came up we were like damn do we want to do we want to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) i i I really uh, i really would have watched it too i just uh yeah i was on a plane last week and I watched just the first hour of once upon a time in hollywood again yeah on the plane and then i rewatched it last night uh yeah and yeah i could i could i could easily watch that one again tomorrow yeah and i've uh, wanted no to doubt, see yeah. i've wanted to see uncut gems like again and i've seen it twice yes. <laughs> you know i was like yeah. should i see it for the third time before it leaves i'm like should i just see it again because <laughs> it's that awesome and yeah and, and then the beach bum i'm i'm saying i'm gonna watch again tonight for a fourth time so fourth time uh, yeah yeah so this year movie wise just had a lot of just impact on me man it was mm-hmm. really great i i yeah right away right now i would watch all of my top 20 again 
uh, no doubt <laughs> exactly. about it. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so nice, the Beach Bum. Beach Bum, yeah. Uh, your number 18. Um, my number 18 is uh, one that you saw way before me, and uh, not just uh, you recommended it highly, and also uh, other peers of mine recommended highly. It's uh, Under the Silver Lake. Ah, yes. With Andrew Garfield, uh, starring Andrew Garfield and uh, directed by David Robert Mitchell. Yeah, this is one that I honestly always forget is one of this year's movies because it's like, it's so different yes. than everything, you know? And even despite that, it it like came out in 2017 at festivals but then was never released yeah it's like a, until 2019. it's a dark horse so it's, it's just it's just like its own thing yeah but yeah it's a th- this movie was is a gem i really liked it um i just i i love a good uh a good weird thriller that is very um that is that is uh supposed to be hard to follow uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of just is supposed to give you more of set more of a feeling of feeling lost and like you're down some just d- strange rabbit hole just in a different rea- reality. Uh, yeah. And yeah, this is and I've seen like I feel like I feel like I've seen a you know a, some in what like the genre I'm kind of talking about, but yet under the Silver Lake was still uh, so new and um fresh and interesting and um such a uh educated like thriller mind behind it mm-hmm. uh to where it could constantly kind of keep you on your heels and uh so you, you never really know what to expect uh essentially and uh yeah and it gr- great set design um so many uh so many different colors in various scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just shot really well. Uh, also, uh, yeah, one, just a movie you could just like stare at and not think about what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, really liked it. Yeah, another silver. Like I'll, I'll be talking about that one um, later as well. Not in this episode, but uh, in another one. Spoilers, but. Uh, yeah, this was one I didn't know like hardly anything about. I had heard interesting things about it though. I I remember hearing hearing as in you know reading stuff about this random movie Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield that had this crazy distribution story. A twenty four picked it up, and it was really strange. And people either hated it or loved it. Um, mm. Yeah, and so I just watched it, and immediately I was, I was just, what is this movie? And then for the next day, I couldn't stop thinking about it after I watched it. And, yeah, it's clear clearly he, he was influenced, David Robert Mitchell was influenced by, like, Hitchcock and uh, I would say yeah, De Palma, David Lynch, De Palma too. and Lynch, yeah. Yeah, it's, and for someone who's sort of early in their David Lynch um I guess journey like I am it uh it felt you like you're still able to like tell this is this is yeah. Lynch. I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of Mulholland Drive." And then I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I need to watch more David Lynch movies then." Um and need to watch Twin Peaks and all that. So, yeah, I I really loved Under the Silver Lake is because it was so different and weird and weird without being like pretentious or like uh 
only I understand this. I'm the guy who directed this. You know. Like, yeah. Or or like yeah. or like yeah. You're supposed to understand all this essentially. Yeah. You know. What totally. I mean? mm-hmm. Like that. There is something specific behind this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So nice. That's uh. Yeah. That's over like your eighteen. Eighteen. All right. Cool. All right, then I'll get to my number 17, and it's another one we talked about last episode. It's Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, yeah, super fun, enjoyable movie, great people in it. Um, people that are so infectious to watch that you can't mm-hmm. stop can't stop looking. I love when Eddie Murphy actually, uh, I mean, puts forth effort, I guess, in a way, nah. which sounds bad. I had seen a couple of his movies from the... Um, I guess 2010s that really just sucked <laughs> and, it, and it bums you out because Eddie Murphy you remember Eddie Murphy growing up as being this one of the funniest people ever yeah and uh, all these great comedies so it's good to see that he's kind of coming back uh, in a big way yeah he's got the bug um, again yes and supposedly and he just, he's gonna do stand-up yeah I think which Netflix I gave him like billions of dollars to do wow. a new special so wow uh yeah that's Can't exciting wait too. for that yeah that that'll be huge when his i mean when his stand-up special comes out if he does actually do a new one it'll be massive yeah um but yeah so great that even if you don't know anything about dolomite or which i didn't know much um, mm-hmm. too much about it i'd watch i didn't it i didn't watch it watch it or no thing i basically was educated yeah. by this movie <laughs> It's yeah, it's still even if you don't know that it's a, you know, sort of based on a true story the making of this um film by Rudy Ray Moore. It, it's still such a fun enjoyable movie. Uh music is great uh and the performances too. Uh yeah, it felt like vintage Eddie Murphy, I guess in a way. Um and he even he hosted SNL recently too and that was like one of the best SNL episodes in recent oh, memory. Oh, totally. One of the first so ones where I like watched everything yes. in the show. I I I don't mm-hmm. usually do that, but yeah, I watched every sketch. Mm-hmm. The the Mister Robinson's neighborhood was yeah, so great. Yep. Uh, yeah, is that it's... one in the North Pole where he's yelling about the train <laughs> or something on the loose? Yeah. I, I I don't know it's... why that one was so funny. It just went. It's Even just all it, him too. It's really yeah. mostly just his comedic abilities and the characters he's able to pull off. Exactly. It's things like, like that and like this where you remember. There's a reason why Eddie Murphy is so famous, even though he's done some not so great movies recently. It's because he is genuinely like one of the greatest comedic minds, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. the past hundred years or whatever. Yeah. There's not a lot of people like him. So uh, apparently, Delirious, yeah. I think, was. 19 when he did delirious oh my god i might have i might be miss i might be misquoting but i was watching something the other day where they're talking about eddie murphy Mm -hmm. and i swear it was like either 19 if it wasn't 19 it was like 21 or something like that well he was i mean i believe that some absurdly young age yeah i think he was the youngest cast member ever on snl and i haven't seen too much of back in the 80s when he was on but apparently he he carried the show back then oh like yeah he I'm was sure. yeah. the show yeah yeah 
yeah, I mean, to be that good that early, I mean, there's it's almost like I understand why you wanted to take a break. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a once in a generation type of uh type of talent. So yeah, Dolomite is my name. It's on Netflix. It's right. gonna be uh yeah, a lot of Netflix just streaming movies in general on this. Oh, list. and a lot of a lot of crisscrossing. Uh, yes. Is happening that too. and I believe is coming up as well. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because my number seventeen is a movie we also talked about last week. It's Hustlers with Jennifer nice. Lopez and Lulu <laughs> Jenny from Wang. The block. Lulu Wang. Is that no, no, name? no. She, uh, Lulu Wang, directed the farewell. Const- <laughs> <laughs> Constance Wu. <laughs> I'm Dang. glad that was you that did that. You're you're the the token uh, diversity on the podcast. So I'm glad I'm that was <laughs> you that did that. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least he's igno- at least he's ignorant yeah at <laughs> the, least the, the asian guys the ignorant. filipino yeah. one <laughs> yeah well huh. i thought for sure i had it but either way lulu wang is great <laughs> in, in hustlers yes lulu wang is fantastic yeah but uh what do we not talk about uh what did we not say about hustlers last week um oh, yeah we said a lot I, I, I guess probably my favorite thing in Hustlers is the scene in the private room where Jennifer Lopez is kind of like introducing Constance Wu to the businessman and it's mm-hmm. playing like that old classic doo-wop music, kind of like Scorsese-esque and he's just kind of throwing down dollar after dollar and the light just keeps changing on their faces. I That's a scene I've... I haven't like I've only watched this movie once, but I have rewatched that scene uh, mm-hmm. on like YouTube just because I thought it was so cool. Just a re- just a really well done scene, like a yeah, really memorable definitely. scene from this year um, in general. And uh, there's a lot of memorable scenes. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that scene and I <laughs> like the rest of the movie a lot i just like that scene more than the rest of the movie (laughs) 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 um but yeah it's a great it's a great movie and um and uh it should it it deserved the success that it had it deserves uh i think there's some nominations are there (laughs) <laughs> no, I think Jennifer Lopez got that. a Golden Globe no- nomination, okay. but I don't think it got anything no, for from the, the Academy. Oscars. Yeah, which uh, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of snubs, and that's that's one of because this I is mean, so I'd universally say for how liked. Popular yeah. this movie is, I yeah, I'm kind of surprised it didn't get anything. Yeah, uh, yeah but Jennifer yeah. Lopez got nominated for a Golden Globe. Like uh, Ford vs Ferrari got nominated for a Best Picture. yeah and like i saw i saw it of course it did yeah i told you about it Mm -hmm. and i liked it but i think if you've seen this movie i will tell you it is like such a goofy thing that it got nominated for best picture like it's it's not like an unlikable movie really at all it's just like such a it's just such a typical goofy hollywood movie that i can't believe like best picture like really um, yeah, I feel like, I, I'd say like this movie is far superior to a movie like Ford vs Ferrari. 
I haven't seen Ford vs Ferrari, but I agree with that statement. Even just because I can, I can tell. It just I haven't seen Ford vs Ferrari, and I, I plan to before the Oscars. Yeah. But it just feels like a movie where they're like, you know, I I bet this could because we have Matt Damon, we have Christian Bale. Yeah, and it's, it's about this, subject like, matter that they would like. It's based on a true story. I right, bet right, we can right. get this nominated Historical. for best picture. Yeah, yeah. We're like, okay, and, yeah, and let's it's give really, it a shot. It was. Yeah. It's really just a fun movie. It's not like cha- it doesn't have a lot of impact. This movie. This movie's not changing anybody's life. It's you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such uh, a boring you should, pick. You should yeah. watch it eventually for our. Uh, you know when when we talk about the Oscars and you'll you'll yeah. just you'll just like. You'll just think it's really funny that it's nominated for not for the mm-hmm. best picture. Luckily, it's coming back in theaters because all the best pe- best picture nominees will be in theaters again. I think I need to see that in nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen um, for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what everyone is seeing right now. Yeah, that's good. That's um, yeah. Regardless of the best picture nomination, it's every, still in theaters. Everyone's yeah. talking about the the one take in nineteen seventeen. Oh. <laughs> Like everyone, it the is one uh, take. Roger Deakins, uh, yeah, cinematography. So I'm definitely interested because of that. Yeah, apparently Deakins really flexed hard in this, oh, yeah. this movie. <laughs> He's feeling good after he finally got his Oscar win. Yeah, yeah, so he, yeah. Um, so yeah, but my yeah, hustlers, 17. hustlers, hustlers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, but it is one of those. I've um, after watching Hustlers, I watched a bunch of um i guess videos about it see what other people thought i i haven't seen anything about people not enjoying yeah. the movie it's yeah. and thinking that jennifer lopez also and constance Wu both grave great performances mm-hmm. and uh i'm gonna be honest i like matt damon but i feel like when i watch a matt damon movie i see matt damon you know i'm not like right. whoa this is well this one he is, is totally just this one's Matt dove Damon into this with character. a southern with a south, a goofy southern accent. Oh, okay. and a, so, yeah. and a cowboy hat. So it'll be just <laughs> as good as Invictus, where he has a phony uh, yeah. South African accent. Yeah, yeah. He wants us to win the World Cup. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Whatever. I, I'll see it before we do our Oscars uh, episode, though, for sure. I have to. Um, okay, is that a seventeen? Uh huh. Okay, my sixteen. Uh, <laughs> This was directed by Constance Wu. Uh, no, 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 no. Lulu Wang. Sorry, Lulu oh, Wang. Nice. It Good was, one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a callback to ten minutes ago. The star uh, of Hustler. The star of Hustlers made this movie. Yes, uh, but the movie directed by Lulu Wang, starring Aquafina, uh, The Farewell, which was a uh, pretty big snub at the um, for the yes. Oscar nominees. I don't think Huge. he got anything. Huge snub. And Aquafina didn't get anything. Aquafina won the Golden Globe, yeah, for Best Actress. And yeah, I was very happy about that. I feel like there's usually a lot of parallels between. Um, I guess I haven't done any research on this, but I feel like there's usually a lot of parallels between the Golden Globes nominees and Oscar nominees. At least mm-hmm. a lot of the same movies and roles get nominated, but yeah, nothing. And and she literally won. She wasn't just nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah. She won. And um, the farewell, it just it has so much. Like I said, the Forever Ferrari doesn't really have any meaning or clarity for our time. But I think the farewell really uh, just it accomplished 
uh, just the ability to like educate people on just a, the cultural barriers and just mm-hmm. living in a multicultured uh, family. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was just really groundbreaking in that regard. And uh, yeah, I just think it's kind of really sad that the Oscars didn't pick this no. um, for any, you know, anything when it's uh, when it gives a, uh, it gives Joker so many noms. Wait, and... wait. Joker got Best Picture nomination, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. As well okay. as Ford okay. versus, like we said before, <laughs> Ford I versus Ferrari got a nomination. <laughs> I'll reiterate this. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed by that because I, I, I love the farewell and I will be talking about it again in this, mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, farewell was great. It's great family drama but it's also it's a big story about first generation immigrants in the u.s mm-hmm. yeah there's like uh, a, the, the the stubbornness between each side of the family and to be in their way and mm-hmm. uh there's a great dinner scene where they're sort of directly talking about oh, china yeah, and the u.s and mm-hmm. and it's so meaningful just that one scene right and totally uh, yeah, for the the academy who they they it seems like they act like they're woke. Uh yeah, totally totally the opposite of that. This this is a super important story because I feel like the 2010s a big thing that happened was there was there's now um I guess first generation Americans from uh you know Asian immigrants are kind of becoming uh adults now. And mm. that's becoming a big part of the population. And now they're finally getting more of a say in, in pop culture. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I feel like when we were younger and maybe I'm just a blind white person, but I feel like there weren't a lot of, um, just first generation, um, Asian American, um, comedians or actors just doing these things like the, like the farewell that got a lot of, um, notice. Uh, so I feel like the 2010s is big. Like Hassan Minaj is like one of the biggest comedians now, um, too. Mm. Uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like this is uh, definitely an important American movie, too. Yeah. 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 There's and there's just so much tension in it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so much tension just among the family drama. It's pretty unreal. Yeah. Uh, but it's all even if you're not in the the same situation as them uh, i think it's easy to empathize with the family and what they're going through and what each person in the family i guess their different perspective on everything because um yeah yeah they i mean the older yeah they kind of characterize everybody and yeah mm -hmm. and uh yeah no it's cool to see uh see someone like lulu wang doing uh what seems like a very personal movie mm. um too and it doing so well unfortunately doesn't get any nominations yeah but, i don't know if you watch yeah. the uh the there's a director's round table and like actors yes. round tables that the hollywood reporter does did you watch those this year i love those yeah i, I yeah, watched so the, the lulu most recent wang one. was one of them for the directors mm-hmm. and yeah it was awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. that she got recognized because uh, you know you could have picked a lot of people for that round table uh i don't know like like other than her such as like quentin tarantino or um yeah he wasn't there yeah. uh you know the safty brothers were not there uh you could have picked robert eggers of the lighthouse to be there <laughs> uh, 
Um, I mean, Bong Jang-ho could be there, but he can't really talk yeah. <laughs> talk to everyone. So you could have picked Ryan Johnson. You could have picked James Gray. It's just uh, there's a, a wide selection um, of people. And no. I, But yeah, you know who was there? was Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what's funny about that interview is I um I think there's like an un there's an unevenness with Todd Phillips there. Yes. Uh you know what I mean? Like it kind of feels like uh he's the uh he sticks out. Yes, he totally does. And maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I thought it was so Maybe it's because I'm super biased. Yeah, because I don't right, personally too. like Todd Phillips that much, but uh, I, I I think he's nearly as like smart or just like, like as, as like he thinks he is. I see yeah. the rest of everybody there as like true artists, and mm-hmm. then there's like Todd Phillips. <laughs> he d- he who, directed Hangover Part like Three mani- and Part Two. He looks like two. he manages like a bar yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, remember he he did not, not only directed Hangover One, but also Part Two and Part Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, I guess when they would ask Martin Scorsese about the Joker, or they would talk about like the parallels between the King of Comedy, Taxi Driver, and Joker. Yeah, I, I don't think you're looking too much into that because I thought I saw the same. Uh, I the thought same... it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, a little like he's just like <laughs> I don't really, I shouldn't really get into that, you know? Because I think yeah. he vocally um somewhere said that he directly just like didn't want to be a part of the project you know like he Mm -hmm. was asked yeah he was asked to be a producer or something of that sort and he said he didn't want to which makes sense because a guy i mean you've seen the film i still that's one i need to watch for the oscars um by the way Mm -hmm. joker along with 1917 uh you've seen it and uh you basically said that he is kind of ripping off uh scorsese's uh 80s films uh which is kind of how uh it looked to me so i i mean i can't help but think that uh uh scorsese might feel the same way you know yeah that's what i felt putting it in a genre that he personally does not like yeah Right. Yeah, he's talked about vocally about that. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I thought he gave like a really good diplomatic answer when he was asked like why you didn't produce um, the movie and he's and he talked about personal reasons but talking about Last Temptation like of Christ. Something he could. Something he could. He could, he's like what could I I add or something like that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I also and I also don't like to. I've seen I've seen movies before that I enjoyed, but I also thought like, oh, it reminded me a lot of this other movie. But with yes. Joker, watching that as someone who's a a fan, big fan of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, I thought, I mean, it's like he's making a uh, less interesting version of both of those movies into one mm-hmm. using a Batman character and kind of making it uh, epic just because it's a known character, the Joker. Yes. Using yeah. that tread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joker, like Rise of Skywalker, is one. You could probably talk a lot about how it's. You just hate not it. <laughs> it's just. It's like I want to like both of them, but there's just a lot to, to there's hate. There's so about much, them, like, yeah. ignorance. <laughs> ignorance, yeah. Totally Joker ignorant. is, yeah. I still haven't seen Joker yet, but I have a feeling when I watch it, it could end up being at the bottom of my 
2019 list that we are currently going down <laughs> the mm-hmm. other way around down right now yeah uh, it yeah. makes me like it even less with how much praise it gets to and, and getting nominated for best picture it makes me like it less and, yeah, and I, it's, that's kind of a, a petty thing about me same. i guess but yeah um anyway the farewell was my number 16 yeah, that was the farewell <laughs> all right okay um back to uh oscar snubs uh and also movies that we uh, talked about last week. My number 16 is uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. All right. Um, yeah, uh, no Oscar knobs for this movie. Uh, it seems to be coming mm-hmm. sh- the theme here during our <laughs> ni- <laughs> 20 through 11. Uh, I specifically uh, score. Like, how does this score go unnoticed you know, yeah. it's such a standout to me, um, music wise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, mean, I, I don't remember the the picks for uh, score. I guess, but I, I think I, it's like Marriage Story got a nod, of course, because you know Randy Newman. Uh, the Newmans both got nominated. Yeah, Little Women's uh, composer got nominated, which yeah. makes sense. I really liked the music in Little Women. Displot, uh, yeah. And I really don't remember what else, but I just remember thinking, like, how was this score not on the list? Because it just, it stands out so much, and there was a lot of good scores this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was it was a score I had in my head for the next two days after I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, other than that, of like we talked about last week, I really liked this film. It was... Uh, super moving moving and among uh, all the sad films this year uh this film gets credit at being one of the most sad yeah. uh, so uh props for that and also and i think one of the reasons why it's the most sad is just because we all know how true a story like this is and we were able to feel how personal it is uh mm-hmm. to everybody who made this movie and um just the fact that this movie got made in general at, at this scale is also just kind of a beautiful thing because uh, uh, th- this is like for uh, things like this, this is why movies should be made to for good, uh, good social reasons so we can have a, a better society, you know? Yes. Social commentary. Yeah. Social. Co- yeah. Increase, increase the social consciousness around re- what's really, really going on about real problems. It's good to have a healthy, yeah, sense of awareness. And yeah. I Last Black Man in San Francisco definitely gave me that. Just towards the end, I always talked about this last time, but I just felt like guilt, just straight up guilt. Like, oh yeah, this movie makes a lot of good points. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think yeah. like especially like that scene you we were talking about on the bus. The bus, or, yeah. Or whatever it is is the movie like the one time the movie actually reaches its hand out and like mm-hmm. pokes the audience in the face is like yeah we're talking all right now we're kind of like now we're kind of talking to you people right now we're yeah. kind of calling you out i think the and i think it was like just like what the movie like all the movie needed and i think the rest of it's more you know dramatic and about this um the character which um, is why the movie is so likable. Otherwise, it's not like it's not uh, social justice war warrior in you at all. Yeah, really. 
It, yeah, it's it's very honest. It's just and, really honest, yeah. And it actually it actually says something legitimate and meaningful, whereas it's now I just it, this just I guess made me think of Joker too, where it's Joker by saying by being so flat and without any sort of substance thinks that it's saying similar things I, to this. I can I haven't seen Joker again like I've said, but I could see Joker being like almost the polar opposite like yes. the, the uh anti blast black man in San Francisco. Almost. Exactly. Yeah. I I just thought of this now. It's definitely Just everything what's good about this movie is what's yeah. bad about Joker. Yes. Joker Todd Phillips probably thinks like, "Oh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. That was a pretty good movie." I think it was kind of taking notes from Joker as to <laughs> what our society is like. <laughs> like uh, there's a there's just a Oh, you're getting it... kicked out of your house, paging Dr. Faggot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You don't yeah. have your house anymore. Oh yeah, let's listen to what Todd Too Phillips bad, has Dr. to say Dr. about Faggot. that. Too bad, Dr. Faggot. <laughs> oh my god yeah there's just there's a every time i hear this <laughs> let's I see cringe, what todd phillips has to say about this movie <laughs> i'm sure he has so much yeah we should ask him what he has to say about uh uh about just the situation uh, justification really and all that yeah well, let's see what todd phillips has to say uh, <laughs> there's this uh, just line in joker where he says we live in a society and just right then i love joaquin phoenix but right then it's like oh my god like <laughs> what do you know about what does this movie know about society and yeah yeah, it's yeah. Just nothing yeah very hollow yeah uh, and i think <laughs> it's funny that um that um joaquin phoenix he's probably gonna win something in the oscar i think he'll be on the i stage. wouldn't be surprised yeah. um he was on the stage before and i think what's funny is he's doing a movie that's kind of supposed to be socially conscious but if you're smart you'll know it really isn't socially conscious and mm-hmm. Joaquin's kind of doing it for his, I think, for very selfish reasons, because yeah. he just wants to have fun doing this <laughs> fucked up role. And I think it's funny yeah. that he goes up on stage during the awards and like really just relentlessly preaches real issues um, almost. And he he's gotten in trouble uh, for being at a like uh not riots but uh uh like protests <laughs> protests <laughs> protests and um and yeah he, he just seems like he just seems crazy <laughs> yeah you know he's just such an insane dude and um i wouldn't be surprised i, I don't want to say he feels like bad for doing this movie but um i i definitely you know i think with the way he is so strongly uh uh, socially um, active outside of his movie career, I I I think that I would almost I would say maybe he's just he's really doing this for selfish reasons. I like the in- fulfillment he gets out of um, creating a character. You know, I, like mm-hmm. he said this uh, numerous times in uh in interviews that like he's just been going off for that same feeling ever since he was a kid, you know, he's just been trying to achieve a feeling with acting and mm-hmm. we see how much he puts into these roles. And he, he's, he's really honest about how he just, he really does this for, for him because he loves it. And, uh, so yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I don't, 
yeah. back to Joker, I, back to Joker, a movie I haven't seen and that I've said <laughs> a lot about. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he was doing the Joker for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but you know movies really well, so you, I think you you already know kind of what the Joker is going for. I mean, once I see the Joker, I'm at. gonna ha- I'm gonna know so much. That, yeah. Then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the last black man in San Francisco. <laughs> Every everything we talk about, we we go on a different tangent. But yeah. uh, see the last black man in San Francisco. That's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we should save up for the Oscar uh, noms. We're gonna have nothing to our yeah, Oscar right. talk. We're gonna have nothing to talk about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's my number sixteen. All right. Well. All right. Let's uh. We'll take a quick break now. Yeah. Let's do and it. And then we'll get into fifteen through eleven. All right. So we left off. Where we at? at your sixteen. So on to my fifteen, which uh, I feel like maybe we'll talk about. I don't know. Uh, I think it might <laughs> be on your list. <laughs> um, but it's us, the Jordan Peele movie. Us. That is my number fifteen. Holy cow. Oh, there we go. We are talking about nice. it. Nice. All right. Good timing. Nice. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, dude. Uh, let's go watch Todd Phillips' movie after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so us. Another uh, one from uh, earlier in the year. Yes. This one, I think, came out in, like, February. Um, yeah, I think... Jordan Peele did the same with Get Out. Well, not he did, but the studio probably did. But Get Out mm. came out like early in the year too, before all the yeah. big ho- Oscar movies. Um, but yeah, it, I was super excited to see it because yeah. of Get Out, as was everyone. A blockbuster. Yeah, and I'd say yeah, it definitely met my expectations. Yeah, yeah. Big He's like one of the only horror. people who can attract this many audience members that when he doesn't have a giant franchise under his belt you know yeah yeah he's becoming that way which is awesome to see because he's such a a likable guy because yeah and 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 he is really smart and just really really talented and Mm -hmm. uh knows knows the horror genre all too well Mm -hmm. um clearly clearly a massive movie fan massive horror genre fan mm-hmm. too so it's not yeah it's not like he's not making these for any other reason other than that he's super passionate about it um and it's cool that they're i mean he's done two movies now that are all um you know original stories and he's not mm-hmm. being asked to do uh you know yeah and and, and this was so uh fresh in so fresh and so different from get out uh mm-hmm. and had uh such a different message and it was more about uh individuality and uh um had a lot of also had a lot of uh government high concept commentary as well yeah um and I, it was one i thought about a lot and i think i i did see i saw this one twice actually yeah it's one of the mm-hmm. one of those movies i saw twice a good amount it's one of the earlier ones that i felt like i had to see twice so i was able to like kind of uh peel through the puzzle the peel puzzle <laughs> peel the puzzle yeah. out and <laughs> and uh figure out what he was really going for and um definitely after two watches i felt like i had i understood this movie inside not not 100 mm-hmm. percent, but you know inside and out for like my uh for what I wanted to know and just my own interpretation of it, I guess. Yeah, this is one that I also saw 
twice and on the second viewing got to see i guess the little details that mm-hmm. hint at what the the big twist in the end is going to be see, yeah yeah and you'd see like oh that's why this happens that's why she's like because the twist you know as twists do they confuse everybody <laughs> yeah yeah you're exactly yeah they confuse everybody so they wait, first what? they're always yeah. like wait so that happened because of that and you know yeah. like it's all like you know dissecting it logically you know you're like why did that happen and mm-hmm. and then once that's figured out you know that takes forever for m- most people don't figure out that <laughs> yeah right, so you yeah. gotta so you gotta figure out that first the logical side to it but then like why are they doing it essentially uh right yeah yeah and so I, that's why a second viewing for this film is uh pretty pretty unnecessary i'd say mm-hmm. and it's but it's just overall a very just great horror movie that anyone can see even if you're not a, a horror person yeah um so there's even we were just uh, on vacation with some family and there were um some family members that i was shocked they they loved us and get out and i thought that was great because they're not people that go to movies all that often yeah um at least i assume and then just knowing that they put the effort into going to the theater to see like jordan peele movies that uh, yeah it's like promising that there's people like him doing original stories that people get excited mm-hmm. about that draw this many people yeah yep and and it feels like uh a movie that you know years down the road people will still be going back to and uh and talking about and uh lupita nyango is yeah, great so it. yeah so great every every the dad the was ki- just so good yes. <laughs> yeah. how funny he was he was so funny the kids are great too uh yeah and that in fact everyone had to play two characters um, yeah for the most part too um really great yeah and uh yeah and jordan jordan peele when he won his uh best screenplay award at the last os at um not mm. the last oscars but maybe the oscars prior to that that i was so happy about that yes yeah that was great to see uh, it was great to see him when when that and it just made me even more excited to see whatever he does i guess, i'm not totally surprised i wasn't thinking that us was a snub at the Oscars, um, I definitely feel like Get Out is maybe more of a an Oscars movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Get um, Out, I think Get Out just took everybody off guard. Yeah, it took even, everybody off guard. I'll like I'll be even be honest. When I heard Jordan Peele was doing a horror movie, I was like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" Like the guy from Key and Peele, I'll definitely see that. And then I heard it was Get Out, and I sort of heard the premise, and I didn't know like yeah. I was like okay. Well, yeah, and it, it just it just but... worked. It just worked so yeah. well, and it it and and there's all the white guilt in Hollywood, and that yeah. they were and they were able <laughs> to get like kind of a laugh out of it as well. Um, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like such a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. Get Out and Us both. Yeah, Jordan Peele has proved that he's a worthy director and yeah. uh, writer too. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see whatever he does next. I have seen the, the new twilight zone. Um, that oh I, yeah. I, I think you talked about that. You were a little disappointed. Wasn't blown away by it, but I don't think he was, um, he was just a uh, super producer, involved. I believe yeah. a producer, which, which made me more, uh, I don't know. I was like, okay, good then i can be excited for his next and a, and a producer a producer doesn't usually mean much i've as i've learned in through my short <laughs> my the the 
the moments I have worked in the film industry of I've conti- I've continued to ask so what does the producer do? <laughs> yeah. Still haven't 100% figured it out. but <laughs> Yeah. Um, it definitely seems like one for the Twilight Zone, they just wanted his name on it. And then I thought he, yeah. his narration was good. I liked that part. But, oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure it is cool. Yeah. Um, it, I, it was comforting to know that he wasn't a huge part of the creative process behind it. So, yeah. All right. That's both of our number 15s. 15s, yeah. Oh, okay, then I guess it's my 14 then. Sure. Uh, yeah, 14 for me was a movie talks a little bit about recently on the podcast, uh, but it's I Lost My Body. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the plot summary of this um, too. It's a, it's a French animated movie that's on Netflix. Uh, I think it premiered at Cannes uh, and then Netflix picked it up. Um, but it's dubbed in English by um, Dev Patel, Aaliyah Shawkat, and George Went. Um, but anyway, the plot summary. Uh, a story of Neof- Neofel, a young man who is in love with Gabrielle. In another part of town, a severed hand escapes from a dissection lab, determined to find its body again. So uh, this was one that it's uh, it's high up on my list. A lot of reasons, um, because it sort of caught me off guard i was in this mode in early december of just wanting to make sure i got to every 2019 movie that i could got to see all of them and then this popped up on netflix and um i saw it had won it had won some award um at a film festival i don't know if it was Cannes or something else but uh yeah then i then i watched it and um it's really i guess struck a chord with me it's uh it sounds crazy it's it's about like you know a severed hand trying to find its owner again while also about this sort of down on his luck pizza delivery man who um ends up having this delivery gone wrong what pizza delivery man isn't down on their luck (laughs) (laughs) true yeah yeah except for all those you know um superstar pizza delivery men that are making millions of dollars <laughs> still doing pizzas <laughs> all those superstar yeah. ones. Um, all the, the one percent of pizza delivery men yeah that, uh, this is about the other bernie 99. sanders is going after yeah <laughs> good point but this uh he yeah it's a, a delivery goes wrong i guess and he strikes up this conversation over an apartment intercom with this girl who he just really connects with and then all of a sudden he needs to um you know he need he needs to to find her and almost he, he almost becomes a stalker but uh in an endearing way he's mm-hmm. uh you you root for him to sort of find this girl uh well at the same time there's a severed hand <laughs> that is <laughs> it's it's weird to explain because a severed hand it doesn't speak it doesn't have a face you can't see any emotion in it but yet you're still rooting for this severed hand um, to get back to where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it moves around like the monster's hand, too, just like that. Um, but it's a really... Uh, I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a movie that really um, hit home with me for some reason, and I would recommend it. It's not a kid's movie, uh, although it's animated. It's not a kid's movie, and it was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Um, mm. um, so it has that going for it, too. Yeah, but, uh, I... yeah. I don't know anything about this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't. Um, 
Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it since it's uh, it's this high on the list, and I, yeah, and I don't know any uh, anything about it. I mean, because like, what's my number fourteen? And I mean, everything we've said before, we I feel like is a must see. So I'm oh, have to for check sure, this yeah. out. Yeah, and I yeah I uh, I d- originally didn't have it this high up on my list, but when I just went through everything on my list, it was one that I um, I guess personally had uh i had i had thought more about since seeing it and i guess felt some sort of personal impact by it um but i it was super unique and interesting and uh the animation was really great and it was really like a beautiful movie too um yeah and i i liked it a lot just because it's something different that i haven't really seen before um and animated too which i think it did a lot with animation that you uh you know you could never do this same movie live action um mm. and, and and just because it's animated doesn't mean it's it's for kids um i'm pretty sure there are uh, there's a sex scene in it there's there's animated naked people so you don't want your kids seeing that <laughs> but uh yeah I, I think it actually is a really um interesting um look into this character uh this, this main character of the story and um yeah no it's really easy to to root to root for him and to root for the hand too so <laughs> i lost very my body good. it's my very number good. 14 yeah <laughs> nice nice that's the yeah. best way we've ended it so easily yes no there's no <laughs> rant about joker after probably this. the best yeah. thing we've ever done in the podcast was that line <laughs> right there yes uh, my number 14 I know was one of your favorites of the year. It's uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, Knives Out. Yeah, Knives Out. Yeah, so I'd say on um, when if we're talking just like a classic fun time at the movies, I'd say like this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are like unmatched in in just the category yeah. of fun at the movies. Uh, so yes, I had a great time with Knives Out. Uh, I love Ryan Johnson because he made The Last Jedi. Um, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi, and what I loved, I think, I'd say most about Knives Out is just the fact that he was able to get this made um, with yeah. exactly the talent he wanted and everything behind it, and it just shows that. Uh, it just, it, I don't know. I think it just shows that if you have a, uh, if you are just a talented guy with a vision, um, no matter how, you know, no ma- no matter if there's a bunch of uh, nerds out there that didn't like your b- big blockbuster movie that has too much expectations and uh, preconceived uh, emotions going in, it doesn't matter because like the talent in the the big talent still gonna want to work with you if you're just an ambitious uh, director with a vi- with a vision and. Um, mm-hmm. And like that, it just shows with this cast. He had ni- like Knives Out is, um, <laughs> prop- like, I mean, it's like the, the, I mean, there's so many ensembles, but it's probably the biggest ensemble for sure. Um, I would say like it's the best in- ensemble along with, uh, you know, like Little Women and, um, I mean, there's no other ensembles this big. I'd say this and Little Women no totally yeah. have the biggest ensemble cast that is the most memorable and just stands out and and just has especially in this one is just movie star uh power and um 
and I, I I just love how fun it is and how um and how unique it is throughout how it's kind of uh it it kind of uh it also has a social message as well um I think mm-hmm. that last shot of uh, Knives Out is as, the, as this <laughs> yeah. family looks at the house is one of the best <laughs> of the year. It's hilarious, and I it resonates a lot to just the point of the film. Um, I would say one of the reasons why the one of the reasons why I didn't like this more is it's it's a little plotty for for my taste. It's mm-hmm. it's very you know because it's a mystery, so it's it's a lot of exposition and very plotty. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, for me, so but other but like for this John for a mystery, this genre of movies with which is supposed to have a lot of plot, I could not have uh, liked it more than I did. It's uh, perfect in that regard. Yeah, no, I I can definitely see where you where you're going with you know being plotty. That's yeah the whole. It's all the whole going. movie is the plot. plot. Yeah. It is the plot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's Daniel Craig going like, "Well, the plot seems to be getting <laughs> plottier." Yeah, <laughs> the plot seems to be unfolding. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the um, the cast is so. Just the fact that he, Ryan Johnson had all of these actors. Yeah. In this movie, I just mind blowing because there's the even if i just think of like the first five off the top of my head then like oh my god there's also tony collette and michael shannon and yeah yeah this and this yeah, yeah. it's and everyone is so uh, memorable in their own right you know it's yeah mm-hmm. great great uh family uh, comedy and like you said it's uh it's a great theater movie yeah it's I had such, such a, a great good theater, theater movie. experience yeah mm-hmm. we saw it in a in a packed theater and that was, you know, people were audibly saying, like, audibly responding to the movie. You're all experiencing this together, yeah. seeing it for the first time. There's no better way to, yeah. to see it. There is sure. not a yeah. more classic, like, good time at the movies uh, than yeah. Knives, Knives Out this year, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So good, yeah. And it'll, it, it might still be in theater some places if you haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, I would recommend that. It, it's, I think it's an easily... Uh, likable one but it's definitely yeah it's 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 plotty and if that's not for you then it's not going to be as um i I guess enjoyable but um me personally i'm a big fan of agatha christie and like the murder mystery whodunit type of movies right um so it's yeah it really it checked all the boxes for me as to what uh uh, I guess it's just a movie goer that I really enjoy. And I'll definitely yeah. talk about it more too. Um, yeah. But yeah. Knives Out is one for sure. Even if you don't catch it in the theaters, I'd say watch it with like family or yeah. watch it with a group of friends. Definitely. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. In a group and it'll be a good one. Nice. All right. So that was your 14. 14. Yeah. All right. So my 13 uh, is one that I know for sure uh, we'll be talking about later. Uh, and I, I almost feel oh, yeah. bad having it at 13, um, but Believe just for know personal what this reasons. Is. Yes, for personal reasons, not because I didn't like it, but because there are other things that cater more towards my. I taste. mean, that's it's, what it ends up being. It, it ends exactly. up being a pick and choose for personal uh, taste, uh, which is you'll see in mine too. Yep. Uh, and that's what ha- yeah, that's what happens when you have such a good year of movies. But I think I know which oh, one it yeah. is. I think if this if this had been 2018, this movie very well could have been in my top 
five. Definitely would have been in my top ten. Um, but it's Little Women, one of the most recent movies to come out, yes. directed by Greta Gerwig, and another, like you mentioned, another amazing cast: Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Laura Dern, um, yeah. Meryl Streep, Od- Odin Kirk. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk, yeah, yeah, I didn't know he was going to be. She got in it. everyone she wanted. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that was. So, I had no idea Bob Odenkirk was uh, was in it, and then when he showed up, well, like, yeah, oh, that's great. You don't even expect that he's going to come up. You just expect like the dad's gone, right? And then all of a sudden, like Chalamet goes like another Christmas present <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, and, and Odenkirk walks in, and you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> who is this man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he says, yeah, he's like, well, someone tell me who this man is. <laughs> who this man is. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow, with some of the, just the best young actors yeah. working today in this, and one of the best young directors working today, too. Um, wow, yeah, what a movie. So, start to finish, you know, okay, this this is a good movie. This is a good story. It's Little Women is something that, I you know, has been, uh, is a well-known um, just entity, I guess, on its own. Yeah, I yeah. have I had zero knowledge of it before this. I've never read the I. book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is all first, first to me. But um, yeah, I mean, just it's it's impossible to to not enjoy this movie and enjoy these characters because of the performances by. Everyone who I just mentioned, Sir Sharona, Florence Pugh, Timothy Chalamet, yeah, yeah. also great. Um, and Florence Pugh was kind of, in a way, maybe a surprise nomination just because she's not like a household name. Um, so that was cool that she got the the supporting. Who did she play? Did she play the um, painter? Amy. She plays Amy. Yeah, the painter. Yep. Yeah, I, I, that, uh, yeah, I thought it would be her just because, yeah, she was, she was really great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was also in Midsummer this year, which um, oh. was another big movie that came out. Yeah, uh, not one that, not one that made my list, but she was also great in that. Um, and yeah, everyone, I, I, I felt like it was cast so great. Everyone fit their characters so well. Um, I thought too, and even uh, I don't know why uh, the scenes I think about a lot too or when they're at this party and timothy chalamet is trying to get uh sir sharona to dance with him and they sort of do this little silly dance outside like right, past the yeah. windows yeah that that um, scene the music in that scene music, specifically yeah. is so good and mm-hmm. it's where i'm where yeah it's why i support the the oscar campaign of the little women's score because i'm like that's that's that song's really great and also i think throughout the music is so good to making the the mood of this period piece really stand out into like a joyous um mood which is what she's clearly going for and so yeah Mm -hmm. i thought music was really important in this uh yeah i'd say this movie almost feels a little like a dance in a way um greta gerwig has said in like interviews that like gene kelly was like one of her biggest like influences growing up in movies and i don't know i kind of see that a lot in this movie like it's not a musical but it's kind of got the uh yeah it's got the joy of a musical in a way and um it, it almost dances around it's weird um yeah and it's also kind of like it's also kind of goofy <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i think it's like a goofy ass movie <laughs> and i think it's almost intended to be 
Yeah. Well, they do like those little plays too, where they're really, they they are they act goofy. Yeah, during they're yeah. acting. Well, as... it is also it's a com- It has a sense of humor on its own, but I think there are yeah. times mm-hmm. where like, yeah, it's like just the vibe of this movie is like puts you in a goofy mood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I didn't think about that before, but it 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 does feel like a musical even though yeah. it's not for some reason yeah. Yeah. oh yeah there's uh yeah there's a dance element to it uh mm-hmm. and i'm not um i don't i don't i'm not a super like manly dude guy but I, when i think of like period pieces and during this time it i'm not really drawn to them at all no neither neither like, am i pride and prejudice i'm like eh, yeah i don't really care um but yeah but this is yeah this it's so it's so accessible and yeah yeah it it somehow is able to have a very charming period piece tone but yet be very modern and accessible to audiences at the same time and kind of uh reinvent uh filmmaking in a a way uh yeah i i loved this Mm -hmm. film i'm gonna be talking about it again oh yeah for sure (laughs) and just the i mean Everyone in it is so great too. So just that I the dynamic between all of them. Obviously, Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet have chemistry because they've done like ten movies together already, and they're yeah. like yeah, like nineteen. So yeah, and um, Saoirse Ronan continues to show just how great she is. Yeah, which she's been nominated for so much already, and she's still so, so, so young. young. It's, yeah, yeah, she's gonna be. Uh, she just yeah. has so much effortlessly great like monologue scenes and all these in these movies yeah. she's doing with Greta Gerwig, you know, you almost think like expect it, you know. Mhm. It's so natural. She's become such a big star, but you still you still watch Little Women and you see her as that character. You don't see her as uh, you know, an actor acting as as that person. Um so yeah, it's this is one definitely um great that it got all the uh the oscar nominations it did um mm-hmm. albeit it didn't get best director nom yeah for greta gerwig which um, is yeah i wasn't ha- totally happy about that then i remembered uh i remember that she did get nominated for ladybird so oh that's right the yeah. fact that she at least got one is like all right yeah and but i still think she I, th- I i think she deserved one for this never nevertheless yeah mm-hmm. um she'll be there again for sure but yeah loved yeah. little women i i saw it i saw that movie twice as well oh nice wow that's quick quick twice yeah exactly <laughs> so it's uh right. 13 right my 13 yep all right my number 13 we uh already talked about is uh paddleton all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it made it all the way to 13 this uh this little movie about cancer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just really personally liked it. Uh, um, and uh, like I said before, the performances are so uh, real. Um, and like uh, Ray Romano here for me, uh, I just really related to the ca- the character and the performance that he brought the portrayal of this, of the friend helping out his friend with cancer and just kind of the, uh, the passive, um, interest he has in it. As like you said mm-hmm. before, guys, like guys kind of don't really know what to do in these situations. They aren't like, <laughs> yeah. they aren't as used to expressing, uh, deep feelings like this. So it's kind of 
comes out in different ways and uh you could say that's a lot about what this movie is about um Mm -hmm. and mark duplass he's uh he's one of my favorite just modern actors in general i think that what he's done in his uh, career as an actor is unreal and he just does it again here and um especially just at the last scene where he like dies <laughs> uh, is uh, un- <laughs> is an unreal piece of acting. Like you're, I like just that moment alone in all of the films this year. I can't think of a moment of where I am just like drawn in, you know, as much as yeah. that where um, he's, he's deciding to let it, let it go. And Ray, Ray Romano's like comforting him for like his last moments. Like it's, it's an un it's an unreal brutal uh scene but uh quite an achievement in cinema mm-hmm. um and uh yeah like i said before i just love their dynamic it is so real uh the movie is too real and uh, uh yeah I, I i've seen uh blue jay which is also with mark duplass and directed by alexander uh, layman um and that movie was unforgettable as well so i highly recommend uh blue jay along with paddleton cool yeah i gotta check blue jay out now um yeah it's interesting these two guys that i've well ray uh, romano definitely most well known for everybody loves raymond but then mark duplass i think mainstream he's probably most well known for being on the league that, you know that yeah. comedy show about he's uh he's like an he's kind of like an indie hero but mainstream right. people are like the league the league yeah right yeah, yeah. It's, so it's interesting that these uh yeah I, that's that's where i think um i don't know it makes me think a lot about seeing comedians do more serious roles like adam sandler mm-hmm. um you know doing something like uh like punch drunk love uh, yeah, it just uh, yeah, it proves that comedians have sort of a, a deeper, uh, I don't know, a deeperness to them. That mm-hmm. there's a reason they're oh, in for, comedy, and that for sure. they can they can get in touch with their more uh, I guess emotional side, and that's why they're in comedy. But uh, yeah, Paddleton, uh, such a great movie. And again, a lot of these movies I feel like are streaming somewhere right now. So if you haven't seen them, then easily yeah. accessible. All right. Uh, on to number 12. Yeah. All right. My number 12 is One Cut of the Dead. Oh, which one I still have not seen, but I've heard many good things. It's high up on a lot of people's lists. Great movie. Yeah. I, uh, all of these are great from uh, 20 down. But um, another one that <laughs> came out in 2017 in Japan but 2019 in the u.s um i think it's on shutter um right now still it might be streaming somewhere else but uh super uh super just fun unique comedy movie that uh sounds familiar off the bat but uh really i i it takes some turns (laughs) Uh, i guess you can call them that i wasn't expecting um, but it, it provides more backstory as to why you should care about the characters and why things happen the way they do. Um, but I, for one, am definitely someone who I like a good monster movie. I do like zombies, but I've also kind of gotten sick of zombies. Yeah. Uh, zombies are everywhere, and I've, I'm like, 
I get it. But this is something that's definitely very fresh. That it, it, it's not it, it's a zombie movie for sure, but it doesn't feel that way. It's not a typical zombie movie uh, because it starts out. It's uh, the first part of the movie. It's um, you know it's it's showing the making of this kind of B horror movie. Um, that's a that's a zombie movie, and it's just very disastrous. Doesn't work out. Uh, and then all of a sudden you throw real zombies into the mix uh, and everything gets flipped, turns up, flipped, turned upside down. And the director's almost like in heaven, like, okay, now this is perfect for my zombie movie. We can make it <laughs> more realistic, I guess. And then it cuts back to before this even happens. Um, and you see everything leading up to that. Um, and yeah, it's so great. It's, it's really, uh, it's, a comedy horror movie but it's honestly one of the most feel-good movies that i've seen this year wow uh, yeah <laughs> did it's, not it's, expect that from the yeah. from the title <laughs> yeah exactly the, one cut of the dead yeah yeah and the, and the poster of it is like there's all this blood splatter and concerned looking people but it's really it uh, yeah it felt to me i think i said this last time uh and maybe i'm in the minority thing is but it, it felt like um, at the same vibes of it's always sunny or uh, <laughs> wow, Parks and Rec okay, or something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That that really makes me want to watch it. But not as uh, I guess not as the the characters are are way different. Like it's always sunny. They're like terrible people, but you still uh, they're hilarious and you wanna uh, and you still want to watch everything. But uh, but this it um, yeah it, it had a very laid back, goofy, fun vibe to it. Um, while also, the, you know, having sort of those horror elements into into it, but and and it's not it's not a scary movie. I would never call it a scary movie, um, but but comedy horror at its best for sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, nice. I would recommend it. Yeah, you did a good job in the Asian cinema category this year. I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, seen like a lot I'm, of Asian movies this year. Yeah, yeah, like in this top thirty alone. Uh, I think this is the second one or the third. Yeah, let's see. I also had Ashes Purest White in our last episode. Um, so it's the second one? Second one, yeah. And then there'll be another Asian yeah, movie coming yeah, up, which yeah. I think you'll also have in your list, too. Yeah, but that's uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And I def- I love the, the Bong Joon-ho quote we talked about last time, that you get over that tiny little barrier yes. of reading subtitles and there's so many mm-hmm. great movies that you'll uh, you'll discover so yeah uh, yeah i am uh, one of his fo- i am one of his uh first uh followers his uh first correspondence <laughs> to that quote <laughs> yes and now i'm living my life by that uh <laughs> by that statement yeah it's a good statement to live by yeah <laughs> nice uh one cut of the dead uh, yeah, number 12. My number 12, I know you saw and liked, uh, it's Ad Astra. Ah, yes, Ad Astra. Which one I I'll believe, be talking about, too. Yeah, which I believe mm-hmm. I, uh, I, one time at this was my number one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We talked about that one episode. It, be, you, it was yeah. just after you saw it, and it was your number one. I think. Yeah, and now it's at number 12. But uh, <laughs> does, That's did, because 2019 was such a great year. Yeah, it does not diminish that. it at all. It's just it was very <laughs> – it was very mind blowing at the time and I really had only seen a few films and like my two favorites at the time were like Book Smart and The Beach Bum. And the mm-hmm. Beach Bum was like 
on my number one number one for the longest time and i just kind of felt like maybe i was overrating it or something or like for myself or i like i don't know thinking too much about my personal tastes in my list which is what i ended up doing Mm -hmm. in the end with this (laughs) list but i don't know i think i was just trying to have something that was like object like objectively amazing and just a, an achievement in film uh so i i thought yeah at astro like because i really was blown away when i first saw this movie and um i think i said this back then too i am not a huge space like movie guy in general um mm-hmm. i don't think that it's always necessary to make a space movie <laughs> like at all i think and and they really cost a lot of money and a lot of them end up being um in my opinion sometimes bullshit and they yeah. cost i've heard i heard this um is a i heard i heard this piece of information once that it it costs more it costed more to make like the movie gravity the simulation that is gravity than a, to actually put a man in space <laughs> which oh is just a really God. absurd like really if you wow. really think about it and and uh yeah there's just so the, and there's movies like gravity and interstellar and um i can't think of another one right and and maybe i don't know for instance the martian which are to me just uh i'm not that into personally and you just think about the amount of effort it takes to make these space movies and then for me to be afterwards like eh you know um which you could, I you could almost think would be the same case with Ad Astra, but uh, Ad Astra I just really liked, and um, I thought it was really unique, and um, the fact that it surrounded this character study, uh, this kind of psychological study in space, um, I thought added quite a sense of uh, wonder and beauty to it uh, that you know like that you know gave it a reason to be a space movie um and uh i think it got nominated for best sound mixing it is mixed unbelievably well as most space Mm -hmm. movies are you know as there's always like space like noise like yeah i don't don't know if it's that i don't really know what it is i can't do it myself i was i was about to do something like (laughs) but like it's something when they're floating through space (laughs) when you hear it you know it yeah yeah right um but yeah i just thought this was a great movie uh James Gray is a guy I'm currently trying to watch more of his films uh, because of this, and uh, Brad Pitt in general in general just had a he had a great uh, year uh, with this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So good for him. Yeah, you you really hit the nail on the head for me as to why I didn't initially care to see Ad Astra because you even you mentioned before you. uh, before you brought up Ad Astra, this is, I mean, I was already thinking this in my head as to what I would say about it. And you even brought up the same three movies that I was going to bring up. Gravity, right. Interstellar, and The Martian. Yeah. Three three fairly recent space and, movies that I did not care more. for. there's more. There's, like, more that came out yes. that we just didn't see, like, mm-hmm. that I just didn't mention. Like, there's First Man with Ryan Gosling. I haven't even seen there's, it, yeah. There's that one that had, like jake gyllenhaal and all those and like a giant cast i think like michael yeah, Pena uh, or something it's called like life or something something like yeah. yeah yeah there's just so many space movies 
I that yeah that you explained exactly why I didn't want to see Ad Astra until you had um kind of recommended it and I trusted I trusted you because just based on what it seemed was like oh it's just gonna be another Martian interstellar gravity that I I like I I can appreciate from like a technical standpoint but I just yeah. don't care i don't care that is that yeah. is great that is gravity you know it's just so mm-hmm. technically good and shot so well i think it's uh lubeski or whatever i don't know if it's lubeski i don't know either I, way either way it's either yeah. either way it's corone so it's just it yeah. looks great but yeah mm-hmm. the story is just kind of like bullshit <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. yeah and i do like i i do like alfonso corone i do like christopher nolan i do like ridley scott but those movies i just i don't care that matt damon is farming on mars i I, the martian is an absurd movie if you really think about it i couldn't give a shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) i say out of those three i definitely like interstellar uh the most even though i am interstellar really gives me a headache Yes, I. Uh, I thought it like when if I was I thought I think it's it was too intense the first time I saw it, and it just yeah. continues to be way too. It's just too. I don't. It's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of people that really love Interstellar, and that's that's fine. But it's, it's understandable. It's understandable. Sure. Yeah. It's very ambitious. Yes, it is. I remember the the first, I had super high expectations for it when I saw it, and I just. Um, part of the reason i guess i didn't like it as much is because it didn't meet those just because it was like yeah yeah i don't i don't care i guess <laughs> at the end of the day uh, but yeah ad astra was one uh because you recommended it to me i i watched it and it was i really enjoyed it i'll be talking about it um on my list later too um yeah it's um because it, it was definitely more of a grounded human story yeah it's, it's strange how it's grounded uh, but yet it's in space mm-hmm. and he's traveling so yes. much and has so many space set pieces as well mm-hmm. um that are really intense um, yeah the the one scene where they're on the moon and there's like a shootout yeah unreal it's like so cool yeah, yeah it's unreal and to think of uh like when there is when space travel some whenever it becomes more um i guess prominent that there could be space pirates like i could totally believe that you know something like that yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's yeah and there's the and at the end like there's the scene he it's kind of a moment of self-discovery for brad pitt and then i don't know i think like the ship kind of just starts like spinning around or something like that and it just feels moments like that are very um like the artistic moments and uh uh, and the visual imagery moments are where you're kind of like okay i get why he wanted to film this in space it's just because he had ideas makes sense like this he just had yeah just very trippy space imagery to go along with brad pitt's like inner inner self it's yeah it's it's really interesting mm-hmm. yeah ad astra yeah another great one kind of a, a sleeper i feel like uh yeah weirdly weirdly yeah mm-hmm. I, I i think uh i don't think everyone liked ad astra yeah yeah i guess it's true or too. even I, ever or even like a an insane amount of people saw mm-hmm. it or anything like that it's weird how I mean I guess it's not. Um, I almost feel like movies like The Martian is made more towards just 
trying to cater to a general well, audience. It, it's strange. I feel like a lot of space movies, uh, people are flocking to the theater, but yeah, there's ones like these where I went to go see it, um, and mm-hmm. with high expectations, but not a lot of people are going seeing it, going yeah. to see it. But yet, then again, I am talking like. I'm bad talking all the really popular space movies of the decade <laughs> that everyone went to go see. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's how I defer. It is interesting though. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with how they promote the movie or about how everyone talks about gravity when it comes out, but then yeah, Ad Astra comes out and uh, one, uh, that movie won best picture, didn't it? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah and uh, i think sandra bullock and george clooney both nominated for it yeah that's unreal uh, george clooney's hardly in it but yeah it's uh yeah when uh, he's is in it he's kind of a douchebag <laughs> yeah he's like you're and gonna then he's need, gone you're gonna <laughs> yeah. need to breathe now all right and listen to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but that's my number 12 ad astra all right well good pick all right the my Number 11, and uh, last one of this episode, is The Art of Self-Defense. Yes. the Yeah, we talked um, about this. Yeah. I still have to watch it. We talked about this one it. a little bit, yep. I still have to watch it myself. It's on Hulu, though, and it's just staring. It is on Hulu. It, it stares at me every <laughs> time I get, <laughs> I'm on Hulu. I'm like, oh, there it is. Should I watch it yes. now? And I'm always like, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> on the Hulu, like, just for you or yep, whatever exactly. it is. It's exactly. the first one for me, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really loved the art of self-defense. It, uh, was something that just based on, um, word of mouth <laughs> via the internet, I thought, Oh, this kind of sounds like something I'd like. Uh, and it was, so, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. It's uh, directed by Riley Stern. So I'm not super familiar with, uh, but he also did faults, um, which I guess is, um, Another sort of kind of unique dark comedy um, that's on Amazon right now that I've been meaning to watch. But, um, yeah, The Art of Self-Defense is a dark comedy starring Mm -hmm. Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I'll read the plot, um, I guess, too. Casey is attacked at at random on the street and enlists in a local dojo led by a charismatic and mysterious sensei in an effort to learn how to defend himself. Um, so yeah, it, it, it basically starts out Jesse Eisenberg, um, is playing this, um, unmasculine, awkward guy, shocker, um, <laughs> to- totally new for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, then he gets, um, sort of jumped by these people and he decides, uh, it, the movie has a lot to do with masculinity. Um, and you know, he decides, all right, I got to I got to bulk up i gotta i gotta be tough i gotta learn how to defend myself yes just, yeah and, and i was i, I could relate to that because i'm like if someone broke into my house yeah i'm I a wouldn't fucking do pussy too <laughs> yeah i yeah i was like okay i'm the jesse eisenberg in this totally yeah um that's why so, i yeah, like he, jesse eisenberg because <laughs> yeah. i relate to his weakness yeah i want to think i'm brad pitt but uh, there's no chance yeah not even <laughs> if i went to even if i went to the gym every day yeah there's no chance yeah um but uh yeah it's he he then enlists in this dojo with this eccentric sensei who's just insane out of his mind and then things start to unfold there's a there's a there's a couple little twists 
um, and it gets brutal, it gets sad, and um, but there's there's this comedic element to it too that um, like One Cut of the Dead, where it's has these very dark themes and dark things that happen, but it's uh, still very light in a way because of the comedic elements mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg is the absolute perfect person for this, uh, for this role because he almost plays like I feel like if Mark Zuckerberg didn't become a billionaire because of Facebook, then this would have been him in this movie. Ah, uh, so, I see what yeah. you're saying. So uh, yeah, but it's um, I don't know. I really, I personally really, really loved it. I, I it's not a movie that you laugh out loud with. It's not a movie like Knives Out where you want to see it with a bunch. of with a big crowd of people. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, uh, I just thought a, a really unique movie um, that says a lot about masculinity nowadays. And uh, uh, yeah, no, I'd recommend it. It's, it's uh, something yeah, different I, for I, sure. I, sh- I really need to check it out eventually. Um, I'm a mm-hmm. big, I, I love Jesse Eisenberg. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. this one sounds what the way you describe it of him, uh, like a perfect role, like of, of this guy needing to toughen up, it just sounds like a per- perfect casting, dream casting, yeah. and uh, oh, sounds a little totally, yeah. sounds slightly Fight Cluby um, in a way. Yeah, maybe Fight Club, Fight Club without uh, all the anti-consumerist uh, uh, philosophy. Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly right. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's Fight Club a, a little more pathetic and. <laughs> <laughs> in a way yeah yeah uh, yeah but yeah i, I can see that. similar that's cool. vibes that's yeah. cool nice uh, yeah that's my number 11 art All of right. self-defense that is john is done yes I'm, I'm done now i can kick back <laughs> my number 11 we already talked about uh the farewell the farewell yeah, yeah. Um, lulu wang yes <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i ugh hard to think of what else new to say about it but yeah i just really loved it when i saw it in may <laughs> of 2019 this um, one came out a while ago yeah and it was one that made me want to go back and hug my filipino grandparents <laughs> <laughs> and uh made me made me feel proud to be in an asian family uh and to feel i felt represent like i was represented well in a very smart sophisticated film that got snubbed at the oscars uh (laughs) uh, felt very good it felt very good it was and it was one where i was just like trying to pretend like i wasn't tearing up when uh the fair when it was over as they show the real life the real life grandma character doing her exercises um Mm -hmm. in the in like i forget what she does I'm not going to do it. Yeah. She goes like, oh, it's in the trailer. Oh, oh. <laughs> or yeah. Like it's that. even in the trailer. It's just such a, it's such yeah. a great scene. It's such a mm-hmm. great scene. I mean, if this, if the farewell was in, uh, was made last year when we were doing our list, it would have probably been in my top five just because mm-hmm. of the level of movies, um, last year versus just how much I liked this movie in general. Um, yeah, I, I was just in it the whole time. I knew I kind of understood the uh, language, you know, the um, 
the inner subtext of this movie constantly and the kind of uh, inner conflict that every character was going to it's it's just um it's just acted so well across the board so you kind of just know what is in everyone's heads especially aquafina um and uh yeah i just i just really love the farewell um and uh it just really is a good movie to be the best movie i saw that is not in my top 10 <laughs> yeah all a lot of these are like it's disappointing that they're not in the top that's 10, what i'm saying like i'm but, i'm really yeah. proud that like this movie and like ad astra are like not, you know that i liked them so much but they're just not in the top 10 you know yeah right and i i think there were there were definitely a lot of good movies that came out in 2018 but for some reason i, I feel like 2019 blew 2018 oh yeah out oh of the yeah water and i because i almost wonder okay maybe i just didn't see enough in 2018 i definitely saw more movies this year than last year but yeah cause uh, i don't know yeah i personally think my like top seven maybe eight would be on above all of the movies of 2018 i for sure i agree yeah same same here uh yeah the farewell is so good and i can't believe it didn't get nominated for a single thing yeah it's uh it's sad kind (sighs) of yeah but and and they always every year they always talk about there's always so many snubs but it never changes um which is just super depressing um and they always yeah i mean it's very much uh it's very much like politics the oscars you know you're just never gonna be you're always gonna be complaining it's never gonna give you what you want it's very yeah and they always go congrats to all these men they make it a point like for best director and they're always like it's always they're always like there's always speeches about how we need more female voices and directors in film and everyone claps and it's such a good moment. And then there's, you know, Lulu Wang and Greta Gerwig making just really um, amazing films like that are better yeah. than a lot of the movies that are getting nominated and they're not on the list. Yeah. So it's just like, like really like Ford versus Ferrari uh, is nominated over I don't think it's not it's not nominated over Little Women. Yeah, Little Women got best picture. Yeah, I was too, yeah. I was going to say if that <laughs> if Little Women did get one in Ford yeah. versus Ferrari like The Farewell I can be satisfied with being mad with that but if the if Little Women didn't get one and Ford versus Ferrari got one I would probably just be throw a tantrum. No, yeah, it's ridiculous. They make a speech every year, but yeah, it never. Um, yeah, we need more. We need more women. And like, and as we said like, um, about Hustlers earlier, Hustlers didn't yeah. get anything, and Hustlers is a great movie. That's all f- female directed, female like led by the actors. It's uh, yeah, they yeah they say we need more female stories and females yeah. doing this, and they are. It's but like why don't you talk about it's them? It's like they're yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you showcase them? And plus, I believe, them, and I'm amazing. pretty sure, yeah. Farewell and Little Women. Like, I don't want to say that um, they did poorly, but I would say, um, like box office wise, I would say that um, a lot of other movies were seen just like like a lot more people saw um, Uncut Gems than Little Women. I would say, like, I'd say, you know, like the, at the the rate, 
is very mm-hmm. is is different. Like I and I think Little Women was more mixed critically than um than like it like it wasn't and everyone loved it. I think critically it was uh different. So hmm. Yeah, and I and I don't yeah. think is as many people saw it as like other movies, for instance. And definitely would yeah. be the same with the farewell, um, considering farewell is a small movie too. Um Yeah. But yeah, Little Women with that cast, it's hard to like, it's hard to be like, you know, how did not more people see it or yeah, think it is well regarded? It feels super mainstream. I almost feel like it came out too late, maybe. Or maybe I just saw it too late because it came out around the holidays and maybe it was just personally because I was busier around the holidays and... <laughs> I yeah. spent that time to see uh, the rise of Skywalker, right. and, and then I well, yeah. saw a little. Too women. many people are seeing Sky Rise of Skywalker and Gems, yeah. essentially. Yeah, um, and they do. I, I also I get so annoyed that so many great movies come out October, November, and December that it's so hard to catch all of them. Um, well, yeah, and um, at, you know, at one time. Yeah, and then they put like the best ones out at the end like yeah you know, it's always like, the best ones gems yeah. and mm-hmm. little women were the same week and i equal i like almost equally wanted to see them both but i i wanted to see gems like slightly more so i saw gems yeah. like one day and i saw little women the next day and i was just like oh my god after i've seen both of them i was like <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> these yeah. movies are on point yeah exactly and that yeah, that's why there's there's still 2019 movies I haven't seen. It's because they all come out um, towards the end, and now there's nothing coming out. But then, I guess if they were more spread out, then when would I watch movies like Magnolia that I haven't seen yet? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Bringing it back. Yeah. Bring it back to the beginning. Mag- John watched Magnolia earlier this yes. week. And that is my number 11, and that is our uh, t- uh, 20, 20 through 11. 11. Yeah, very... Very good. We're two thirds of the way through this thing. Yeah. Now that I think it's the biggest one, ten through ten through one, we'll definitely have some crossover. Oh, for sure. Um, There's a lot of crossover yeah. in that last one. We've uh, the the crossover we probably won't have. We've already talked about on my list, but we'll have these are these are movies that we'll all have a, we'll have a lot to say about. Yeah. Oh no yeah. Oh what. yeah. So, and I mean, maybe yeah. it's not as noticeable to others, uh, to or to you, but to me, my top ten is obvious as hell by what I didn't <laughs> say yet. <laughs> so, um, the order is more the I guess the surprise. Definitely. Yes, the order is the surprise. That's a good point. Uh, and. My my order keeps changing almost uh, by the day. Oh, so. seriously, yeah, yeah, it changes for me as well as I rewatch mm-hmm. some of my top tens. Yeah, rewatching. Uh, yeah, I'll probably do some rewatching before our next one. So yeah, yeah, ten through one is next. Yeah, highly looking forward to it. As should everyone else, because it's a yes. big deal. It is a big deal, and right after ten through one, then it's the Oscars, and we'll have. We'll have an episode on that, and then it'll be the Oscars. It'll be a big deal, too. Yeah, so, we're going to podcast yeah. in tuxedos. Yes. Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> we got to be in the element. I mean, yeah. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right.